One billion dollars in American gold en route to London was stolen from a train in Denmark. We can't send in a task force. It's got to be a one-man job. Uh, let me guess who you got in mind. Welcome everyone to the Pantheon. I'm Ray. And I'm Evie. And today we're looking at uh, the 1968 film Wrecking Crew starring Dean Martin and Elk Summers. Um, Evie, you had a chance to see this. This is what we refer to as the Matt Helm series, which is right. sort of like an American spoof on James Bond. Mm -hmm. so this would be the last installment uh, for various reasons, and I'll get into that near the end of our review. But uh, what do you think of this particular movie? It was all very not pro-women, but you know, but back in the 60s, the women kind of um, made the women feel like things not important. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. they were dancing and doing whatever, you know, it wasn't very, not, not very women centric, but the cars were like very old too, you know, mm -hmm. like they were, um, you know, very, it's like, like the women didn't know how to drive um uh and the and the men knew how to drive you know very anti-women you know it's it's like the women were just playthings so it was okay but not very women-centric what did no, you think i agree uh yeah I, I totally uh overlooked that but you're right uh because it's the 60s uh because it was kind it was more to the Underlying theme of parroting, uh, I guess, the Sean Connery, James Bond, where yeah. women were the um, Connery treated women was a little, um, I guess you say it's questionable. Also, it was very chauvinistic. Um, yeah, that's it. It's also uh, Dean Martin who plays Matt Helm, the lead character. Uh, this is based on, on Donald Hamilton's series of books, the Matt Helm series. Secret agent who's come out of retirement and the government needs him to do some kind of job. Oh, in this case, uh, he's com he's coming into um there's a train that got that hijacked of one billion dollars of gold bullion was, was stolen yeah and his job is to try and locate uh, who stole it and trying to recover the, the stolen money mm -hmm. or a stolen gold yeah. bullion uh you have a, an extraordinarily um uh female cast some are very strong characters and some are uh, not so strong but you're right because the like james bond and because it's a parody and dean martin is a kind of woman is a very much a womanizer uh, he's playing on that. He's mm -hmm. very sexist. Uh, this was overly sexist and male chauvinistic. So from looking at this now, yes, it's painfully obvious the the undertones that's very, very um, misogynistic and, and 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 really much sexist. So yeah, it's uh, it would this kind of movie would not do well in today's market. It is a dinosaur in many respects and an old way of thinking, you know um it's not even right. sure it's, it's not even you know so yes uh in that sense it's a very negative very negative movie but in terms of looking at it as being a, a parody uh a homage to james bond or something to rival that because i think it was more competitive because uh, this again this came out in 68 so this is at the height of the cold war espionage time so you have james bond you have uh, nick fury uh, in the comic books you, and on television you have the man from uncle so these were the shows that were in motion playing like live like playing weekly not even in syndication yet so week to week you had the man from uncle uh, every month you have uh, nick fury 
And then, you, of course, you have the, this was like the four James Bond movies playing. I'd already been in theaters since uh, Dr. No. Mm-hmm. You've had a lot of like spy espionage films. So this was capitalizing on that theme. It was an interesting time. For you, did you know this, that uh, Tina Luis from Gilligan's Island was in this movie? Yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, I was. You know what? Actually, I didn't. I didn't. I was mm-hmm. saying that looks like her, but then I was going, no, that's not her. But yeah, wow. Yeah, uh, yeah. She played uh, Lola Medina. Uh, the, the, yeah. the funny thing about that one is her exit was it foreshadows uh, the main uh, female hedgeman's exit as well, which was totally bananas. Her film exit was mid sentence, and it was uh, something I did not expect. Uh, going into this movie speaking right. of this film did you know anything about this movie before seeing it like were you aware no. of this film the story or anything about it about this no i didn't actually mm-hmm. yeah. uh, as i was watching this film I, it, it dawned on me what this movie uh represents in terms of film uh film history and i'll get into that what were your overall thoughts of this film besides of course it being uh dated because of what it does Okay. It was okay. Um, you know, some of it was silly. Yeah, it was kind of a slow movie. You know, um, I was surprised about all the train scenes and stuff like mm-hmm. that, um, which was okay. You know, I'm trying to be fast regardless. Mm-hmm. It was seen as slow by me. Um, yeah, it was okay, but I wouldn't um, see it again. Oh, like in James Bond, you have, uh, I don't know if I, I guess we, we can say, I won't get bleep for this. Like the character, Bruce Pussy Galore, you have a character like that in here. Actually, you had a character like that in, in both Austin Powers, but I can't say mm-hmm. those names. But like uh, right. in this one, you have a character named When You Rang. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was the kind of uh, her name, played by Nancy Kwan. Uh, oh. th- this one, okay, so th- this one is an extraordinarily uh, interesting uh, piece of hit- film history. Have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the Tarantino yeah. movie? This was Sharon Tate's last film before she passed away. From okay. The, um, from, the, uh, from the Charles Manson uh, family attack. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, so, so to give you some background on this, so this was when, uh, so six months after its release, uh, this is, she, uh, Sharon Tate passed away. Learning about her passing and how gruesome it was, he was disheartened because, uh, of doing any more films, especially with her gone. Because Dean lost heart because what happened to Sharon, it, it, it totally oh. distraughted him. So this was the last one. It was, there was, Ravagers was set to be in theaters, I think, I think in eight to 10 months later, but mm. he just, he couldn't do it. It was, um, it was too hard for him. Oh, um, well, okay. So talking about the Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So, uh, you know, in the movie, you have Bruce Lee, you know, you had the whole controversy with that. Yeah. Well, where Bruce Lee was the uh, martial arts, like, uh, advisor on set so all the fighting techniques all the fighting uh combat stuff or flips or whatever he was on site helping do the training and he worked closely with sharon tate with her fight scene with um, nancy kwan uh mm. in one of the highlight scenes wow okay so uh, he was very instrumental which is why you see him in that movie there's a lot of uh background information so in terms of how that lines up in terms of time frame uh tarantino really locked into uh, that film and how it was made to coincide with his movie. Okay, cool. So, so that's how you got that because you know in the ending of uh, uh, Hollywood, you have the Manson fight. You know, yeah, 
So you, it's it's all it's all wrapped up into that. So it's it, it's sort of eerie, and it's sort of like a, uh, uh, what's the word? It's uh, uh, I guess it's you know, verse verse middletude where it's like it's almost real, like a mixed up bag of information, facts, and fiction. Okay. Would you recommend this film? Um, if you had nothing to, I I wouldn't go. See go to somebody and say boy you gotta watch it you know mm -hmm. it's good it was pretty good you know just for a laugh i thought mm -hmm. you know so i would give it maybe like if i was in the 60s um maybe like a seven seven yeah maybe like a seven how about you well if i watched this maybe a decade earlier or something to that mm -hmm. effect maybe i'd watch i would say i would give this maybe a seven and a half eight Okay. Um, you know, but you're right. You know, when you mentioned the idea of it being very, very sexist and it's very dated, uh, it wouldn't fly now. The highest I can give this is a six, you know, and that's being generous. Uh, some of the stories, it's a little late. It's a little prodding in terms of story. Um, the idea of the gold bullion, it really takes a back seat to being a vehicle to whatever Dean Martin wants. Um, uh, so it's a six. In terms of double feature, uh, what did you give it? Kind of like a Dukes of Hazard type things with all of the cars and um, mm -hmm. all of the stuff that that Bo and Luke did, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I would give it maybe like a six, okay. and and kind of it kind of uh, reminds me of the uh, Duke of Hazards for some reason, you know, mm -hmm. people punching each other and doing this and that. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that, I think. Okay. Well, the character, the, the main villain is uh, Massimo Contini. Mass Massimo Contini. Right. Okay. And uh, so, like, in the beginning, when you see the train robbery, because he has all those cameras, he's watching this from multiple cameras. Yeah. It really reminded me of uh, Tango and Cash with okay. the, with the um, Jack Lawrence. Is it Jack, Na Jack Napier's name is? I'm thinking, that's his yeah, character. I think so. That's his character um, in Batman. Mm -hmm. uh, but, any, but anyways, uh, the the character, the main villain that one was watching uh, Tango and Cash through multiple mm -hmm. cameras, you know, like the Kingpin, like the like a crime crime lord observing every single possible angle before doing, well connecting the time, like crime lord type of thing. So that was what I thought was kind of interesting on on that, um, you know. And then the Wrecking Crew. I took I didn't know this, but the Wrecking Crew. But at the time during the sixties and seventies. The Wrecking Crew, where it was a jazz band, it was like LA-based jazz band with like, members would come and go, and they would work on various like uh, work with various artists like Paul McCartney with Frank Sinatra. Right, he helped contribute I think to forty or fifty top one albums uh, uh, back oh, wow. then. Cool, cool. And so uh, they were like a big band, like they do music musical backgrounds, soundtracks for films. Mm. So they were like the band for hire, kind of like the Roots back then. Okay. The thing yeah. was, as you know, the roots, they were like everywhere, but like they're also very okay. versatile, but for more, mostly for jazz. And uh, so, you know, Phil, Phil Spector, The Wall of Sound, they contributed yeah. to that, that art to getting there. So it's a very instrumental time. So for those who are contemporary, think of the roots. And that's what the record crew were back in the 60s and 70s. They were the oh, roots cool. of that time, but they were working with the Rat Pack. They're working with McCarthy. They're working with Nancy Sinatra. They were working with a bunch of major artists back then. Mm. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I'm not saying I liked it, liked it. Uh, and would I recommend it? Somebody who is a fan of 60s stuff, a fan of like parodies or James Bond, 
this would be someone I, this is something i would recommend for someone who likes that kind of stuff you know okay cool yeah so cool. It's, and it's an alternative um to the rat pack kind of kind okay. of stuff all right Thanks, well good. with that um evie any last words before we go it was oh. a it was a pretty good movie for a 60s movie you know yeah kind of almost like a parody and stuff so you know it yeah it was okay so with that every thank you and we will see you on friday